Will the last farmer, family farmer leaving Washington turn out the barn lights? I know we've been saying this for a while. And the threat continues to be real. Farms continue to call it quits and leave Washington State. The 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 issue we've been talking about um, almost every week uh, for the last several weeks here on the program in and amongst uh, other topics that come up uh, that are timely. But but the, our theme these days has been the issue of labor. And don't worry, we're going to be getting to buffers as we go through the summer, that issue that continues to be in the state, um, and a lot of other pressures, water, adjudication uh, here in Whatcom County, other things across the state. We're, we're going to be covering all of this. But the, the point is to look at the sum total of the pressures facing farming in Washington state. And we can talk about one issue at a time, but the reality is we need to add those all up. Maybe not for each and every operation, but most farms in this state face a long list of significant pressures on top of the normal farming stuff, which is weather, market, weeds, other pests, that's kind of stuff. But the, the issue we've been talking about recently is labor and, and finding enough people to get the work done. And then on top of that, the way our government, as well as the way that activist groups and even public perception has interfered with that to actually make it harder and make things worse not just for family farming in Washington state and access to locally grown food here in our region, but also has made things worse for the workers themselves. And, uh, you know, finding enough people is, is, is hard enough as it is. A lot of farms can't. One of the lifelines, we've talked about this many times on the show, um, and, and this is the farming show, by the way. I'm Dylan Honkoop here on KGMI. Glad you're here this morning. Uh, of course, I'm the communications director for Save Family Farming and Whatcom Family Farmers, public outreach and advocacy organizations for the farming community locally and in Washington State. Uh, one, of the, one of the lifelines to farms so they can keep going, just so they're able to keep producing food here rather than calling it quits and either being entirely done or packing the whole operation up and moving to a different part of the U.S. or a different country entirely, which, yes, this does happen a lot more than people realize. But the lifeline has been the ability to have workers come here to Washington to work for a time, for a set period of months, people from countries where they may not have those same kinds of opportunities to be able to to earn that income here, do some work and go back home and bring that that money back home with them. And to be able to do all of this in a legal way rather than having to come into this country illegally as we've heard so many stories about people going through that dangerous uh, process to do that and all the other issues that come with that and all the other issues that are happening on our southern border in particular. It's this guest worker program. And now, you know, on top of, of all of the pressures that we've already talked about with that program, the costs included in it, you know, paying for the transportation for those guests as they come to work here, paying for their housing, paying for um, so many amenities and things that they need while they're here, 
um, uh, complying with very strict rules, paying a, a minimum wage for that folks that come here as guest workers that's significant, significantly higher yet than our already increasing state minimum wage that applies to all other jobs. So all of this is part of this program. People are still, farms are still doing, they're putting up with the additional scrutiny, expense, hassle, and all of that just because they don't have any other option but to close up shop. And now our government and all of its wisdom is adding huge increases on the fees that they charge to farmers uh, and making an issue out of this and, and, and shedding light on this problem and calling for change and in a, a different perspective uh, was Enrique Gastelum. He's the CEO of Wafla, formerly with Washington State Farm Bureau. He's been a frequent guest here on the program. He had an, uh, an opinion piece, an editorial in the Seattle Times recently talking about this, and he joins us on the program right now. Enrique, talk about what, what's this fee in the headline you talk about an asylum surcharge on on these visas for guest workers what in the world is going on now yeah pretty crazy dylan thanks for having me on um so when farmers are using the hj program they pay for um what's called an i-129 um, uh, to bring their with uscis to petition to bring workers up to the United States, right? This is yep. USA's fees that they charge to, you know, vet the workers, make sure people are coming legally. And, and then, the, and then from there, the visas are issued to the workers um, based on whatever number of workers were approved in your job certification. And so USCIS, you know, to their credit, they haven't increased fees for a very long time. And so we knew this was coming out. This proposal came out in January of 2023. And, and, uh, uh, when we, when we read it and many others in the ag industry read it, we were quite shocked. Um, the fee increases uh, to farmers that the farmers would pay for these petitions were going to range in increases of 150 up to 200 uh, percent. One of the most shocking parts of the proposal included a new uh, what they are calling an asylum fee. So you have this group of uh, seasonal employers, agricultural employers, who have been told for a while, you know, um, we want you to hire a legal workforce. We want you to uh, make sure you're screening your people to make sure they're uh, allowed to be here in the United States. And so you have users of the H-Trade program being told we're going to charge you 150, 200% over uh, what you're getting. So this asylum fee was an additional $600 charge on top of the either uh, $500 or $1,000 um, uh, fee they were already going to have to pay just for the work visas to help the United States government cover uh, the costs that they're claiming it takes them to process all of these asylum seekers at our borders because they have no funding from Congress to cover this. And with, you know, we saw the surges over 2022, 2023 happening at the border where people are claiming asylum. And so um, Department of Homeland Security through USCIS came out and said, well, we want you employers that are hiring a legal workforce to meet your seasonal needs and provide food security to the United States. Because you guys have, and they actually used this wording in their rulemaking, you guys, because uh, we ran 
um, all your farms and because of the gross uh, revenue that you are all earning. Now, they took into no account what the actual profit or the expenses are of these farming businesses, but they said because (laughs) of the hundreds of millions of dollars in gross revenue receipts, you guys have an ability to pay. So since you have an ability to pay, we're going to have you guys pay for the asylum program at our border so we can process these folks that cannot pay for themselves. Um, And so many of us uh, uh, had a lot of concern with that. And um, How, how are the people who are following the rules, following the law and are doing good things, the good guys in the story, why are they the ones shouldering the burden being essentially punished for something that is entirely outside their control and has no bearing on what they're doing. It's, it's, it's absolutely bonkers. Okay, here, here's a government program, the H-2A guest worker program. And we've talked many times about all the scrutiny, all the fees, all the costs, and that is burdensome. And that, that's already a reason why smaller farms have a harder time accessing this, which is an inherent inequity and, and a reason why farms continue to get bigger because a bigger farm can manage this better. And it's not what a lot of people want. They want the small mom and pop farms like both you and I grew up around Enrique. They want that kind of farm to thrive. And right. yet, yet it is those people who have the hardest time dealing with this already. And then they add this on top. Okay. And what I was going to say also is I understand it is a program of the government. It has costs to administer. And the primary beneficiary could, you know, very arguably be that farm that's using the program. So I understand them having to pay a fee. Now, what the actual costs are, I don't know, but it certainly does have a cost. And I can see over time that that cost will inevitably go up as things cost more, right? Especially if that cost is a flat fee and not a percentage-based fee. I, I have an issue with that, with, with government saying, well, things cost more. So they need to increase the percentage fee. Well, that doesn't make sense. But if we're talking about flat fees, of course, those numbers have to go up to pay for the costs of this program, right? Right. But now you're adding on something that has nothing to do with the program? How how can they defend themselves in doing that? Well, that's exactly what we asked in our public comments and many of our Partners and friends in the ag industry, as we submitted public comments to the federal government, uh, we put them on blast for this type of stuff. You know, a fee increase of a hundred of over a hundred percent is shocking, let alone at face value. But now the, there's no rational policy um, or economic basis to say you're going to um, harm one party who has no relationship with this other party because of this other party's inability to pay, right? Um, If Department of Homeland Security needs funding or, you know, the Biden administration is seeking to continue with whatever asylum policies they have, then the the White House needs to step up and go to Congress and ask for money for their agency. Well, and you could make an argument that the H-2A guest worker program is actually again, arguably, potentially taking pressure off of the situation on the southern border, yet they're adding fees on it, making it more difficult. Exactly. (laughs) I'm of the opinion the same. You know, by bringing workers legally to the United States, they don't feel the need to cross into the country illegally. 
um, pay some coyote to cross the desert and right. come across the border. So yeah, you know, you're, you're penalizing the people that are actually through the system as complicated as it is, are taking pressure off of, you know, what's going on at the Southern border. Yeah. Absolute so, in, insanity. And again, Enrique Gastelum, uh, CEO of Wafla, is on the farming show with us this morning um, talking about this issue. I'm Dylan Honkoop with Save Family Farming, uh, and this is the farming show here on KGMI. So what what happens here? Uh, what's next? Do people are people even aware of what our own government is doing to our farming community? To our ability to you know have food security, local food access, all that kind of stuff, by continuing to increase the pressure, tighten that vice on the smallest farms right here in Washington State. Do, is is anybody even aware that that is what's happening? Well, and that's why we had to do. We we felt it was important to do our opinion piece, uh, our op-ed with the Seattle Times, right, to make the public aware. Uh, of these types of things going on because all of this puts pressure um, and puts cracks into our food security. Right? Well, and, and, and it's supposed to be helping workers too, right? I mean, that's, that's the concept is that, uh, you know, that you need to make sure that everything that's happening with people coming across via this program to work in the United States, going back home are being treated well amongst other things. At least that's, I know how some people feel about it and their personal, maybe emotional just uh, justification for that. But these kinds of fees and this kind of extreme difficulty that they're adding to this program, what does that actually do for workers, for the, the people using this program coming from other countries and benefiting from it? What, what practically, what happens? Well, I, I think what it does is eventually a, a farmer that's been using it or is considered using it is going to scale back or not use it because they can't cover the fees or the fees are just getting too astronomical. And so now you have uh, eliminated or minimized the potential great opportunities that these workers could realize by coming to the United States. Because if you don't have farmers petitioning for these jobs and getting the getting these work visas, then that mm -hmm. means you don't have these workers coming. And now you're basically throwing them back to the pool of making a decision should they risk their lives and try and come into the United yeah. States illegally, right? Exactly so, right. Yep. And what an awful choice to make someone face what yeah, an awful exactly. what what an awful thing to take away from them legal access a safe and equitable pathway to be able to support their families and and grow their own life and even their community um back home wherever that might be i mean it's it's twisted really when you think about it why would you take that away from those folks and that that's the upshot of what actually happens and not all i mean you're pointing out in your opinion piece enrique that they've jacked up higher yet the fees specifically on farmers who are requesting people specific people by name to come back to their farm which is exactly what we should be encouraging right relation right, yeah. positive yeah. relationships between workers and farmers to say, hey, yeah, we get along. I know your farm. The farmer knows the worker. They trust each other. They like each other. Yeah. They're not exploiting each other. And yet that's what the high, very highest fee is on. And in, instead, apparently, they're incentivizing in a, in a strange, perverse way um, people who can afford to still pay these exorbitant, you know, hiked up fees 
to just kind of, you know, go for the random, well, send me who you can, you know, because it's not as high of a rate increase if you're just asking for whoever's available and you get randomly matched with whatever worker. Correct. And typically what with the named petition where they're claiming they need to raise the fees astronomically above the unnamed means it's an employer that submits their petition. They say, these are the workers I want to bring and here's their names. These are, and in these cases, it's typically what's called a transfer. So the worker is already in the United States. They've already been vetted. They're already here and it's typically in season and they're transferring from one contract of the same employer to another contract of the same employer, or they're going between two different employers for another job opportunity to extend their stay. So USCIS is claiming, well, because they're named, we have to vet them, but they were already vetted by the state department before they came into the u.s and they're being tracked and so this this astronomical that they have to go and and there's nothing in policy that's mandating them uh through congress requiring them to do these checks of these people right so again it's just bad policy bad way to run government and, and 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 poor poor justification for these fee increases just a couple of minutes left with you again this is the farming show i'm dylan honkoop with save family farming enrique gastellum with wafla is with us um, talking about his recent editorial in the seattle times talking about this issue this new insane uh, additional fee on people who are hiring guest workers and the, the process of that as we've just gone through and explained what what feedback have you gotten since this went public recently in in the newspaper are is anybody out there starting to open their eyes to the pro- the real problems here and not these in often cases boogeyman problems that other people with an axe to grind and a different political motive have been trying to drum up around this issue yeah we have actually some of the stuff i, I think by us getting that placement in the seattle times it, it made us known to some other large national news outlets and so um, we I just did an interview actually in Yakima with another nar- large national news outlet. We're hoping that that report uh, or uh, article will be coming out in July. And so that gave us further opportunity to not only expand on this USCIS fee increase, but to just take the noise out of the system about what the H2A program truly is and what it is not. Uh, because I think that's that's what's going on. There's a lot of narratives being spun out there about the H2A program. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's, it, it's my take that these are some isolated instances and not always necessarily here in the Pacific Northwest or the West Coast. And um, so this is this has given us some opportunities to 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 gain some uh, communication channels with some other other large news outlets, because it's our goal with what I'm doing in, in our team at Wafflet to, to, to set the record straight. Right. And, and make the not just the public known, but policymakers known about what it is farmers are really up to, the ones that are using and uh, and, and in, in, implementing this H trade program to to fill the seasonal uh, needs gaps that we have. And so, um, yeah, I think I think it's done well in that vein. Um, you know, the the biggest thing we're trying to do is you know make differences in Washington D.C. and Olympia. Yeah. Enrique Gastelum with Wafla, thank you for your time this morning. We appreciate it, and, and thank you for shedding light on this issue, speaking truth out there. 
Um, even when a lot of people don't seem to want to uh, be dealing in the truth, um, you're bringing it forward, continuing to keep that in front of people. And that's that's so important, but I know it also takes courage too. So thank you for what you're doing. And again, thanks for chatting with, with us here on the show. You, you bet. Thank you, Dylan. Have a good day.